0: About four or five years ago, we registered our oldest son, Lawson, to play City League soccer. He was supposed to be a low-key, fun introduction to sport and team play. (laughs) But unfortunately, his coach thought we were playing for the World Cup. (laughs) Imagine a grown adult jumping up and down along the sidelines, screaming at five-year-old boys for playing soccer like five-year-old boys. Well, it was right then and there that I realized I would now be coaching children's soccer, (laughs) which I've been doing ever since. In fact, we played an exciting game yesterday, even though we lost. But now, as a a seasoned City League soccer coach, I can definitely say that one of the hardest things to teach young soccer players is this, spacing. Where to put your body relative to the ball, relative to the goal, relative to your other teammates. Because if the ball is anywhere in the vicinity, which often means anywhere on the field of play, the temptation to run straight to it is often more than any child can bear. (laughs) Which means that children's soccer can quickly deteriorate into a mass of kids huddled around a ball, collectively moving up and down the field. It's, it's painful, to say the least. <laughs> because in soccer, as we know, where you place your body is critical. It's critical to playing as a team, to defending your goal, to trusting your teammates and effectively moving down the field. where do I place my body? Well, the same can be said of the Christian life. Where you place your body is critical for your faith journey. Now, I don't mean where you live or where you work or where you spend the hours of your day. Those are simply the positions you play as Christians. You are always a soccer player, whether you are a forward, a midfielder, a defensive back, or a goalie. And you are always a Christian, whether you live in Jackson or New York, whether you work as a teacher or in a small business, or whether you stay at home with the kids or you are retired. That's your position. And yes, God does care about your position, but not near as much as he cares about where you place your body. That is what I'm going to call your posture. In the Christian life, posture is much more important than position. And Lent is meant to teach us that posture God wants us to have as Christians. Lent is meant to teach us where to place ourselves as we journey with Jesus. Where we place ourselves in the morning, during the day, and in the evening, no matter what we're doing, our posture should always be the same at the feet of Jesus where does God want you to be at the feet of Jesus what posture does God want you to live with day in and day out kneeling at the feet of Jesus what is God's will will for your life whether you're single or married happy at work or not to live at the feet of Jesus And this is beautifully exemplified for us by the woman found in our gospel passage for today, a woman from the town of Bethany named Mary, a woman who lived her life at the feet of Jesus. Did you know there are six women in the New Testament with the name Mary? (laughs) So things can get a little confusing. Of course, we're most familiar with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then there's Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom Jesus cast out seven demons and was one of the women, one of the two Marys at the empty tomb, the other Mary being the mother of James. And then in the book of Acts, we read of Mary, the mother of John Mark, the man who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And then in Paul's letter to the Romans, he mentions a Mary who, quote, works very hard among the church in Rome. And so, yes, many, many a Mary. But then there's this Mary of Bethany. And the little we know of this Mary comes from just three stories in the gospel accounts. Stories that don't tell us much about her background, about her family, except that she was very close to her sister, Martha, and to her brother, Lazarus. And it appears that all three of them live together just outside of Jerusalem in this small village called Bethany, which means the house of the poor. Now, what is most remarkable about these three stories that mention this Mary is that in each one, she's in the same place at the feet of Jesus. In each story, we find Mary taking the posture God desires for all of his children being at the feet of Jesus. The first story is probably the most familiar, the story of Mary and Martha found in Luke chapter 10. You'll recall that in this story, Mary is known for sitting at the feet of Jesus while her sister Martha is slaving away in the kitchen. More than that, actually, Martha is upset. I mean, there's a meal to prepare, dishes to set out, and Mary is behaving as if she were a man. You see, y'all took that another direction than I intended. (laughs) You see, in the first century, the public room was where the men would gather for discussion. But the kitchen and those other quarters unseen by outsiders, that's where the women belonged. For to sit at the feet of a teacher was a decidedly male posture. Now, that didn't mean that One was sitting on the floor like a good Labrador retriever, as though the teacher were some sort of rock star. No, it it meant that you were the teacher's student, that you were a learner. And so when the apostle Paul was young, he says that he sat at the feet of the rabbi Gamaliel. And that doesn't mean that Paul was gazing up at him adoringly. It means he was listening and learning. He was a student on his way to becoming a rabbi himself. And Jesus let both Mary and Martha know that Mary is exactly in the right place. She has the right posture at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning from him, becoming a disciple on her way to becoming a disciple maker herself. Well, the second story is found in John chapter 11, the chapter that precedes today's gospel reading. This is the famous story of Jesus raising Lazarus to life. But of course, when Jesus arrives at Bethany, Lazarus is not only already dead, but his body has been in the tomb for four whole days. And so Jesus is met with weeping and sadness. And again, we see Mary running out to Jesus and falling at his feet, the text says, in tears crying out with with what must have been cutting words as they have this tinge of accusation in them lord if you had only been here my brother would not have died and as she looks up at him she doesn't see rebuke or anger in his face but rather a jesus who is actually crying with her he weeps with those who weep he shares in our pain He invites us to come to him in our lowest moments, just as Mary does when she throws herself at his feet. And then the third story is our passage today from Luke chapter 12, right on the heels of Lazarus' resurrection. The text says that these three siblings were, were throwing Jesus a dinner party at their house. You can only imagine the gratefulness that had been welling up within them. And oh, how they wanted to share a meal with the one who had raised their brother Lazarus to life. And once again, Mary and Martha are playing their assigned roles. Martha is in the kitchen preparing the meal. Lazarus is at the table with Jesus. And Mary is once again at his feet. But this time not as a learner, but as an adorer. Mary from the house of the poor takes a pound of costly perfume and out of deep gratitude and love for Jesus, she anoints his feet in an act of worship. And once again, she is attacked for taking such a posture. It seems that whenever people come to Jesus with everything, there's always someone in the background grumbling and this time it's Judas Iscariot. Why was this perfume not sold and the money given to the poor, especially here in this poor town of Bethany? Statements like this should make us sick at our stomach because he has the audacity to cloak his criticism with a good cause, to pull someone away from the feet of Jesus in the name of a fundraiser. How low can you go? Leave her alone. Jesus says. Makes me wonder what the tone of his voice was like when he said those words. Leave her alone. How dare you? I will not let this deed be taken from her. For she is teaching the world something profound here. That this is the posture God desires for all people. That this is where we must place our bodies If we are to deepen our life with god if we are to flourish as god's people it's only at the feet of jesus it's only at the feet of jesus that god does what our passage from isaiah describes he makes a way in the wilderness he makes rivers flow in the desert it's only at the feet of jesus where those who sow with tears shall reap with songs of joy it's only at the feet of Jesus where, as with Paul, we can come to regard as loss whatever we've gained in life, right? Whenever we're at the feet of Jesus. Wherever you are in your life right now, this is the posture you must learn to take. This is where you must place your body. Which is all fine and dandy, yes, except for the fact that we're speaking metaphorically here, aren't we? Kind of like when someone says to you in the midst of your pain, well, just give it to Jesus. I mean, really, what what is that supposed to look like? What does that mean? How are we to, to live our lives at the feet of Jesus? How can this be anything more than a religious cliche that we pull out from time to time? Well, once again, I would encourage us to look to Mary of Bethany and to what her posture teaches us in each of these stories. So that in the first, we see that she is at the feet of Jesus as a student. That Jesus simply isn't someone she believes in. He's he's someone she seeks to model her life after. She is a student learning to do the things that Jesus did. I mean, this is basic discipleship, right? Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them not just the right things to know, but to obey all that I have commanded We are at the feet of Jesus then when we are learning to do the things that Jesus did. Yes, learning to serve the poor, learning to give time and attention to children, learning to let goods and kindred go, our possessions, our ambitions, and to put the interest of others before our own. When we're learning to eliminate hurry and busyness from our lives so that we can stop and be still and listen and pray, just like Jesus did. So like Mary, to be at the feet of Jesus, we must be his student in all things, in all of our lives. And then in the second story, we see Mary at the feet of Jesus, bearing her wounds, don't we? Jesus isn't just her teacher. He is also her healer. He's the one that she screams at the one to whom she pours out her pain and sorrow. She is a wounded soul with nowhere else to turn but Jesus. So to put ourselves at the feet of Jesus, then we must learn to do the same, which is difficult for most of us, right? Because today the body of Christ is the church, which means we are called to share our wounds with each other, to allow ourselves to be cared for, to be prayed for, Father West, I'm going through this, I want you to pray for me, but don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, you know. We've got to be willing to share our struggles, our burdens, our questions, and our doubts. It's hard stuff, I know, but this is where Jesus wants to meet us. And this is why I think our, our prayer and healing ministries here at All Saints are so crucial. Because they give us an opportunity to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep. They give us the opportunity to receive the comfort and care of Jesus like nothing else can, so that Jesus can lift us back up again. So that when we share our lives with one another, we are falling at the feet of Jesus, our healer. And then lastly, from our passage today, we see Mary at the feet of Jesus as one who worships, as one who anticipates his body to be broken, And his blood to be shed. I mean, this is truly remarkable when you think about it. As her brother has just been raised to life, she can sense what is in the air. The impending death of Jesus. And so she fills that air with the fragrance of his upcoming sacrifice. The sacrifice that God makes present every time we gather around this table to participate in the body and blood of Christ. To put ourselves at the feet of Jesus is to gather around this table to make it a weekly priority, so much so that our weekly worship overflows into the everyday rhythms of our lives. Just as we pray here in a moment in our great Thanksgiving, here we offer and present to you, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice which Paul says in Romans is our spiritual act of worship. Worship always places us at the feet of Jesus. Friends, in the Christian life, posture is much more important within whatever position you're in, whatever position you play. And God wants your posture to always be at the feet of Jesus. And so we say, thanks be to God For Mary of Bethany teaches us that we can take this posture anytime we want, simply by being his student, by sharing our wounds with one another, and by our regular worship of him as Lord. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, fill us with your spirit that we here at All Saints may always be found at the feet of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.